Hey, this is Rita Black Girl with Farah Hanafnan, representing everyday Black millennial women from multiple faiths and cultures. Today, we're talking our shit as usual, specifically everything about Halima's hijab journey all the way to Beyonce's Drip 2. Sit back and ride out with us. Hey. Hey, salam alaikum, Afnan. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Farah? I'm doing good. You know, we're just coming off Thanksgiving. We've been eating. Mm-hmm. I saw a tweet that said we don't do genocide, but we eat though. Period. <laughs> Period. Period. Exactly. But I feel like that's in the tradition of like Muslims and Islam in that the only real holiday that we're celebrating is Eid or any any other, you know, Muslim holidays or kind of um any historical references around Islam, but like Thanksgiving was always one that my parents allowed, yeah. right? Because of the food. So it was like, we don't celebrate that, but we eat though. So yeah. I feel like people are really getting into that. Like we're not celebrating Thanksgiving, the pilgrims, the, and that story that's so convoluted by BS and the people who wrote history. And so Lies. we're not Absolutely. celebrating that at all. We are honoring, right. honoring native people in this country. I saw a post where a woman who is black and native said, um, can you celebrate both Thanksgiving and honor native people? And she said, no. And I was like, okay um, yeah. I was trying to think around that idea I don't know if you have any idea around that how you all celebrate I think y'all were feasting over there as well as oh we threw down yeah. I, I cooked for real and I and I do want to take time especially as I become more um of an advocate for diversity and inclusion I think I I, I want to learn more Native Americans for me is a population that I'm not as educated as I would like to be mm-hmm. and so I, I acknowledge that I have a lot of growing to do there um, in terms of this year, though, we did it. We cooked. I, I I made everything by myself. We had Scratch. Thanksgiving. We had stuffing. We had um, sweet potatoes. We had pumpkin. I made pumpkin pie, um, mac and cheese, collard greens, all of the good stuff. So, alhamdulillah, we had a really good time. I enjoyed it. But there were some people like from Muslims who are like, you celebrate Thanksgiving. And my family was always of the premise like, it's not a religious holiday. Not, yeah, and many Thanksgivings are about the harvest, that time of year. Not necessarily, you know, but I could understand that there w- would be a lot of pain from Native Americans. And I want to honor that. So I think either next year, I'll either do some more research or examine like a better way to do it. Because I think it's important to honor those folks, but also want to be, you know, able to celebrate with my family. Yeah, definitely. And if you think like Native people are more disenfranchised than Black people in this country. I know. You know, and so I don't think um, we really know how to elevate them because we just don't see them in spaces, you know. And so I, I don't, I maybe met, I've met and known one Native person and he went to Cal with me. And it was really Huda's friend, and they worked in the multicultural student center, MLK Center, student center, and you know that was a peripheral relationship. So I don't, I don't even know how to honor those voices just because I don't have them in my life. But we always yeah. get space for, you know, people who built this country, and so we definitely want to support and honor and uh, continue to learn about Native people and how we can elevate and amplify their voices more. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, as you can tell, I got some Ivy Park on and I don't smile, don't smile. <laughs> over here cheesing. If y'all not a watch, if y'all just listen on the podcast, she got this big grin on her face and I'm a low key pissed. <laughs> I know. I messed up. I messed up because Afnan, you actually got your Ivy Park first because last weekend you were like, bruh, mm-hmm. I need the Ivy Park. Can you go get it for me? And so mm-hmm. I have my favorite shop here in Atlanta. I hit on the website. So yeah. I was just like, I wasn't pressed. Yeah. And I was like, just kind of just chilling at home, soaking, mm-hmm. you know, just doing my thing. Um, and you, I actually got up, got dressed for you. I went to the store. We copped your items. You're yes. in spirit, even though you're not wearing girl. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to answer that picture of me in this hoodie because I was pressed. We got you a hoodie, an Ivy Park hoodie, okay? <laughs> we got a bucket hat for you as well, right. you know? So, Afnan... Almost when we were preparing for this episode minutes before, she was like, take that off. <laughs> oh, no, I definitely tried. I, I was like, you know, I was like, you know what? I was like, no, take it off. She's like, I'm not really going to do this. I said, hell yes. Oh, I said, my no. God. <laughs> I, know. I just got mine yesterday. It came in and it's so funny because I wore it to my friend's birthday dinner. She had a birthday dinner last nice. night. And I came home like hype. You know, you had a good time with friends. You don't do that often. I didn't go, you know, we went to a restaurant, tried yeah. to be as big as possible. And we tried to okay, celebrate sure. my birthday. But I came in and my sister, you know, she moved in last weekend with me. And I came in doing ape, ape shit. And I was like, I realized that, um, and I was getting low when I came in. My sister was like, you need to stop. You are on time now. And I realized, every time. <laughs> I'm girl. And then I realized um, that the, uh, how Meg the Stallion gets low is all in the lunge. It's all in the knees. And the thing is, I was getting low and I was quite surprised. So it, I just got to tell y'all that my workout journey is working. <laughs> low like Meg. You're measuring Stallion. your progress by how low you can get, mashallah. I love it. As, as <laughs> I'm, I'm measuring my progress by how low I can go, like Meg the Stallion. And Listen so, yeah. you get back all in the lunge, y'all, you know, get solid with the lunge. Yeah, I <laughs> but we're in an Ivy Park here. Yeah. And this drip two is my favorite so far. Is it yours? Oh, for sure. No, you know, like I'm black, white, gray, like very, very neutral colors every once in a while, like a tan of brown. Mm-hmm. So when I saw this, I was like, I can do this because I want to support her. And, you know, there is hype, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me, like, you know, they put up a poll, like, why are you buying Ivy Park just to be seen at her stuff? And I said, yes, I am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She is so, a I'm black woman, woman of like pop culture. And, and then because, I'm not even going to stunt, because of the exclusivity of it as well, it's like, ooh, I got my little drip. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I, this, yeah. this line isn't as exclusive. I've seen a lot more on, on my timeline where the first collection, I didn't see anybody cop that. Really? Yeah, so I, I love it. I love that everyone's gaining access. Like, there's yeah. always this weird dichotomy between access and the exclusivity. And I don't know if you want to be that person that got it. But I don't want it to mean that when I got it, you don't got it. But that's what that means, you know? Kind of. Right, right. It does. It's icky. Um, But I I love that the girls have it, you know? Athleisure is where it's at. And Beyonce is really capitalizing off of this time and giving us in the the girls, all the girls, you know, no matter what gender you are, all girls, (laughs) stuff to wear during COVID and and being comfortable and cozy. Listen, when I get my stuff, I'm going to be on the internet. I don't care if it's a month after it dropped and all y'all took y'all pictures <laughs> and your cute reels. I'm going right. to do it, okay? Exactly. And I do want to hit on her release around inclusivity. I am, I'll tell you, I'm about a cool size large, extra large, right? Um, 
uh, and especially, you know, East African women, you know, in the bottom, like, you know, this large, extra large, right? Maybe up top, yeah. a little smaller. And Beyonce, this is a size small, bro. And I'm swimming in it a little bit. So she's, I uh, know. Uh, I'm no. sorry, what? Yeah, her sizes are oversized. And so, and I understand that. With Zia, we understand that sometimes you don't do exact a size because you want Wait a people to wear Wait it oversized. So am I going to be able to fit this stuff that you got? I you got wearing? you a medium. Yeah. Remember I told you, I, th I thought you were going to be swimming in it, but that's the style though. You don't want like oversized is it. And so Beyonce is trying to push that style on people, you know, so things are not fitted. She wants things to be loose. So if you think you're a medium, you're going to be wearing really, I think a large, extra large. Dang. But it's cute, you know, but I'm, sw of the gr I'm swimming in a small bra. Okay. I never that's seen the day. <laughs> I've been the same size since I was like 10. I promise y'all. That's awesome. We're going to have to see. Listen, if, if I don't, if you don't see it on my timeline, it didn't work out. It's on, it's on eBay or Poshmark somewhere trying to recoup my coins. <laughs> I know. It's, but no, you should keep it. It's, it's, you're going to be comfy. It's really, I have an oversized, the same one in the tan of the mm. hoodie that I got you. And I think you're, you're really going to like it. You know, my black is, is right up my alley. It's every day. Every day. I try to switch them. I can wear this every day when I go to Target? Absolutely. I would. I would. Listen, don't every be afraid. Every day. Yeah. Um, but I love what we're wearing, right? So I know that you wanted to talk about the whole thing about Halima and her hijab journey. And I know that's going to be like the bread and butter of what we're talking about today. Yeah. Go ahead and kick us off with that, Farah, because I thought you it was know, I think my sister saw it first. And I follow Halima, but it didn't just come on my stories just like that i don't know why not in not in the instagram engagement cycle for me but when i tuned in um she was kind of uh in chronological order or just like photo shoots where she felt like she in the modeling industry started slipping with how she wore her hijab yeah. um and when i was watching it i thought i had to, i wanted to google how old she was because it felt oh kind of you know and granted i'm probably a decade older than her mashallah and i don't even know how old she is when you said that, i was like how old is she how old is she i think she's in her early 20s oh, oh she's, she's so young yeah, so she's so young and she's worn hijab for a very long time she comes from the minnesota community where the majority of people are wearing like jilbab you know like they like, are shit. cloaked and down out down and out right so i think contextually for people to understand kind of what she went through like 20 maybe even more pictures where she was like this was it these people yeah. really honored me on the photo shoot this person didn't um i was okay with kind of pushing the bounds of how i wore hijab yeah and from what i saw i never saw that she showed her neck but she was detailing times where she, maybe she put the hijab back and she wore a turtleneck but she still kind of donned hijab in a yeah. way but I, I'm not I'm not a Fiki scholar at all, but from what I understand of the revelation with hijab is it says believing women, because the women at the time had wore a headscarf, but it was to the back. Believing women take your cloaks and cloak them around your chest, you know? And so it is the hijab is about kind of covering this front area. And yeah. so he, that's what I think he was yeah. specifically detailing. Because right. when I was looking at it, I was like, girl, you are covered, you know? And then I was thinking, okay, let me be real literal about hijab and how it was revealed to us and how we're supposed yeah. to wear it. And yeah. when I did that, I was able to understand where she was coming from. Yeah. And she did say that her mom, for a very long time, asked her to quit modeling. Um, and she just didn't do it. And because of COVID and the shutting down of shoots, 
she has gone home and kind of recentered herself around her kind of belief systems. You know, she's around her support systems. And so her mom, being kind of a wise Somali mom, is telling her, hey, you live this life with hijab. Yeah. You're kind of on this pedestal of like hijabi models. You, you live this journey online, publicly mm -hmm. like detail what you're dealing with right now and, and yeah. redacting how you wore and decided to wear hijab on these shoots. So, yeah. you know, I, as someone, and I don't know if everyone knows this, but I did wear hijab for a while, you know, and I was pretty solid. Like I was tight and like locked in. Yeah. Um, and of course there was a journey of like deciding not to wear it. And it, you know, to be honest, it did happen um, as I decided to try different styles. That might've been the was-was that initially started for me. I don't know, you know, I have to be very honest with y'all. Yeah. Um, I'm not, you know, have I really examined the, the trajectory of how I removed the hijab? Not quite. I yeah. know that, you know, for me, it was centered around kind of, you know, I didn't wear it back home in Florida. I went out to California. I did decide to wear it. And when I came back to the East, I had to kind of reconcile with all versions of myself. Yeah. Um, that, you know, kind of geographically we're all met in this one place called Atlanta. And I had to kind of, you know, look at myself and say, why are you doing what you're doing? You know? Right. Um, so I, I, you know, I was very um, proud of Halima for detailing her story. I think it's going, you know, there's power in messaging and telling stories mm -hmm. and her story may not be a story for one person, but will connect with someone else's hijab journey or non-hijab journey, right? Yeah. And for me, it, it, felt, um, it felt youthful. I don't want to say young, I want to say it felt like a youthful, vibrant, kind of like my hijab is slightly slipping and I don't like what it's doing for my man. And yeah. I heard her story and wanted to kind of honor her story in the way that she was telling it. You know, it yeah. didn't have to connect with me, but I could take pieces that I connected with. And I, yeah, for the pieces that didn't, that I didn't connect with, I, I left it for her, you know, and for the people and the girls and whomever who, who connected with that story. Yeah. So, um, hijab is like, and when we, when we're telling this uh, and we're speaking about this, I want everyone to know that we don't have the answers around how you wear hijab, how you don't Ever. wear hijab. No. You know, I probably even, you know, stuck for the law, didn't even detail the ayah properly, you know, but from my understanding. And so, um, we want to honor this conversation. Hijab is so integral to yeah. our faith, you know, for whomever decides to wear it or doesn't wear it. And I think more than anything, it's a personal journey. Mm -hmm. She decided to allow us into her personal journey, yeah. Instagram stories. And so, um, yeah, I just want to give her space to do so. Yeah. And I love that. And, and I want to piggyback off of what you're saying, because I think so many times people think that because you have a platform, like we are creating our platform and amplifying our voices, but also the voices of our friends, our sisters, our, you know, our colleagues or whoever, you know, relates to being, you know, black, Muslim and female. Right. And so to your point, no, we don't have the answers. All of us are struggling. And I think mm -hmm. it's super important that what we're definitely not trying to do, just like you said, is tell you how to interpret somebody else. We're just giving you our experiences in the hopes that it might connect and resonate with some of you. Um, and then if it doesn't, that you'll consider it and also arrive to your own conclusion about like what you want to do in your life, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I love that you said that because I really, really agree that there's so much growth that can happen just from sharing experiences without judgment. And I think I really appreciated what she did. I think 
I don't follow Halima on um, social media. I don't follow a lot of famous folks just because I don't know. It just feels like a lot for me. But so when I heard it, you know, hearing it through other people reposting, I saw kind of two versions. Like one was, oh my God, bless this queen. She's done it for us again. She's spoken for us. I love it. Like this is how I'm going to do it, period. And there was another group who was like, uh, I don't really support what she was saying and you know she's not the authority and or to the far extreme of like shifting the conversation about hijab to something totally different in media which and for me I was kind of confused so then when I went back to listen to it I was like okay these are very conflicting mm-hmm. you know accounts of, of what this young lady was trying to say so I'm, I'm listening to it I'm just like y'all it sounds like she's just telling her experience <laughs> I was waiting for the tea I was like what no tea you're right there was no tea there was no tea yeah I think she was just on a, with a microscopic lens that we all have of ourselves we see Period. things that other Absolutely. people don't see she yep. went and detailed every photo shoot a lots of photo shoots not every of course and she was like this wasn't it um yeah. my publicist or my manager uh stated like this is not in line with your purpose and what you want to do. Don't do this shoot, you know, yeah. or, or stand up for yourself. So she just, I think it was a, it was a story. Like people, Oprah said this, you know, when she detailed her molestation on her show, she yeah. said that there is strength and understanding that you're not the only one experiencing something. And the vulnerability, you know? the, the honesty, right? The honesty, I, the vulnerability. She didn't call anybody out other than herself in terms of, I wish I would have done things differently. Yeah. And I really respected that about her. And I think, her story is is a great example of being authentic to yourself. If yeah. you wear hijab, cool. I myself have worn hijab, taken it off in college and high school, whatever. Yeah. So I'm also not going to say like I wear the perfect hijab. A lot of people would argue that, you know, my, my hijab is not perfect either. And I agree with them. And so yeah. I think it was a beautiful reminder to everybody who's watching, whether you're Muslim or not, to, you know, assess yourself because this, especially if you're in media, if you're in the industry, it'll take you up and suck you in. And none of us are immune to that. And I really had a lot of sympathy and a lot of empathy for, you know, what she had experienced, but also really, really honored um, and had high admiration for her ability to be vulnerable and to be transparent and to share, you know, her commitment and her you know, reconciliation with her faith and just kind of coming back to like, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to be. You know what I mean? And reminding us that, you know, mom was always right. (laughs) No, And it's about staying truthful to you yourself, you know? And I think what's interesting about what COVID is doing, and we said this in a few episodes, we were like, COVID is making people re-examine why you do do what you do, who's in your life and who should stay in your life, who should, you know, leave in a way. Um, You can release. What is your purpose? Why am I doing what I'm doing? You know? And COVID has beautifully done that for a lot of people. And for her, she was able to go home and recenter herself. And we all have that time where you you go, you leave for undergrad. And I know not a lot of like my Somali brethrens, like their parents don't let them leave. You know, because <laughs> parents are smart. Like, your kids are right. going to like East African parents with different opinions. Go for what? No, stay home. Mm-hmm. Stay home. Yeah. So <laughs> my parents, my dad was someone who went away for college. So he really allowed me to have that experience yeah, where my mom cried the entire time with the Lysol wipes. No. You know? <laughs> she came <laughs> in that room, like, dropped tears. Like, my daughter. Oh, like, what my are, What's God. the community going to say about me letting my daughter leave? You know? Yeah. And really, among my family members, I was the only, I was the person who left. So Halima, in her modeling career, left, right? Yes. As far yes. as a young person in 
uh, in your early 20s, you're taking in so much of the world. You're expanding and you're really thinking about your belief system. And sometimes, you know, you're so young that you're not understanding how these decisions you're making yes. really are, you know, we should examine the decisions we're making based on our foundational understanding of our belief systems and morals. You don't get that when you're young, but it takes maybe some experience to be like, whoa, I just did stuff. And I don't think I've, yeah. I've measured it to my moral uh, belief system. Yeah. You know? And yeah. now, she's, now she's grounded in that. You know, like yes. when something comes up in the future, I don't, we don't know if she's going to make the right decision for herself, but she is going to look at her moral compass and belief system, value system and say, yeah. am I going to do that again? Like, what do I want to do? You know, and yeah. so, so much of youthfulness comes from kind of living and not really saying like, yeah. I'm doing what I'm doing. So I thought yeah. it's a beautiful journey that she, she detailed us on, you know, and I wanted yeah. to give her that space as someone who's older, who's been there, yep. you know, been there, done that, wore the t-shirt, returned it. <laughs> returned it, you know, put the tag back on there after I put wore it one time. <laughs> you know, like, God. interestingly, I have this thing about ripping tags. Like, I, I have issues around commitment. And okay. I, I think I still have the tag. Oh, am I taking this back to Adidas? No. But I have this thing around, like, it becomes wait, wait. permanent when I take the tag off. So. Oh, wait. So how long, how many times do you go wear it before you take the tag off? I What's your general rule? Two or three times. It gives me a little bit of anxiety to, to rip the tag. You know what? I'm over here acting like I love I'm it. Same thing. I, I literally, I have winter coats that I've worn for years, and they still <laughs> have the tag on. And I, I have no intention of taking them back, to be I clear. Don't. And it's just yeah, like. I love this piece. I'm not taking it back, you know? Yeah. No way. But yeah. um, I will say, uh, with Halima, so then I went on t on Twitter, right? And I yeah. found some like uh, Muslim uh, mm -hmm. influencers and yeah. uh, kind of speakers mm -hmm. uh, in our community, youthful ones that have platforms. Yeah. And I was a little taken aback by uh, mm -hmm. someone in the black community um, who then uh, in her tweet said, and granted, I love this girl's opinions almost 80% of the time, but this one, I was like, hold up, you know, like, this is different. Um, yeah. She said, uh, let's talk about how, um, and I, I'm sorry if I'm saying this incorrectly, but it, it was in the fashion around, around this topic. She said, let's talk about how when people decide to wear or take off their hijab or wear different styles in hijab, that seems like they're receding in their faith. It's mm -hmm. really connected to how African American Muslims wear their hijab, and I was like, ah, "Dead stop!" You know, <laughs> I was like, "This, this ain't it. This ain't it." You know, like, no. and I, I was like, oh, "Come on, y'all!" Like, geographically, yeah, people wear their hijab differently around the world. You know. Yeah. You could go to Syria and people wear these satin scarves that are really tight around their neck and tied around, you know? I used to live with, um, I was a resident assistant in the International House at Berkeley um, on the eighth floor. It was an all, all women's floor. I almost said Muslim floor, it wasn't. It was all, yeah. it was, wanted to be just around women because the other floors had men and women living among, among them, you know, in the one quarter. Yeah. The floors. So on this floor, there was a sister named Iman. Um, she was from Indonesia. The way she, she wore her jab was totally different, you know? Yeah. And so I just, when I saw that, I was like, sis, the girl lives in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. um, we know that the Somali community 
has a lot of connection and maybe infiltration. I don't want to sound like negative around like Saudi kind of Wahhabi Islam, mm -hmm. you know, very Salafi style. It's not to say anything's wrong or right. So right. The donning of hijab is like jilbab, you know. Yeah, it's period. Not, to toe. There's no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. There's no. There's none of that. And so, yeah. and that's Minnesota, right? Because there's a conglomerate of Somali Muslims who live among each other. They're not living amongst the world of everyone and and, and yeah. melting pot. So I was just like, sis, this ain't Atlanta Masjid, you know? Like this, you know, Atlanta Masjid is a Masjid that I attend personally. I feel most connected to this Masjid. Yeah. And, People, alhamdulillah, it's a beautiful community that you can come as you are, but people wear yeah. different, uh, their, their hijab in a different style than, let's say, an immigrant Pakistani Desi community versus an Arab sure. community versus... There's a lot of diversity. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a lot of diversity. And in addition, people just wear their hijabs differently. That's okay for that community, you know? Yeah. And so the way that I wear, even when I go to the Somali mall down, down in Clarkston, Girl, I got my scarf and my abaya. Roll it because they will they will like let you my know. My ankle's covered with the socks. They like get you all the way together. Oh my God. I'm like, I don't want to be like, and not that they're going to do anything. It's just like the cultural, and, and maybe I shouldn't say respect, but it's like the cultural understanding of that community and that I'm going to respect that space because it's theirs. Yeah. So when she said that, I was like, don't make, this ain't about that, sis. You know? And I thought it added a layered part of the conversation, but I was like, don't do that to her journey. Like give her grace. She's talking about her own hijab perspective. And um, even at the top of the episode, I talked about wearing hijabs in different styles. Yeah. That maybe allowed me to be more comfortable in different spaces Space. that yeah. maybe wouldn't be conducive to a Muslim space, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but that has nothing to do with African-American hijab styles being connected yeah. to a recession or receding in your faith of Islam. I totally understand where you're coming from. And I also could understand where the, I mean, whoever this person was, where they're coming from as well. And I think, I think all of us, myself included, a reminder to myself first, because remember y'all, we don't have all the answers. We're just sharing our experiences. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times what I have identified is sometimes when I'm offended, I need to reevaluate how I made it about me, right? Ooh, don't take and, things personally. Like, go open up Don Miguel Ruiz, like four agreements, bruh. Right, and, and I'm and, I, and I'm just saying my personal experience is that sometimes when when I feel offended or upset about something, it's actually an open an area that I need to evaluate and work on myself because if another hijabi is talking about her journey, it don't have nothing to do with me. Which is why for me, maybe. I've grown a little bit to where I could hear that and I don't feel some kind of way. You know what I mean? Oh, about therapy. Yeah. About huh. listen, coins are, are being used. <laughs> Come on. I'm, I'm going to let you a little no, bit. Check. She got that. Yeah. Because you know what? Like, you know, when I took off my hijab, like, first of all, for those of you guys who may be listening who's not Muslim, taking off and putting on hijab is, it's, it's difficult. And, and I say that. I say that because you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, no matter what the situation is. Unless you have like a super supportive family, super supportive friends, someone's not gonna like it. Someone's yeah. not gonna rock with it. Someone's not gonna like the new you. Someone's gonna criticize how you're doing it. Someone's gonna attack you for who you were, who you were yesterday and, and, and measure that against who you're trying to be with judgment and shame. And it's, it's Girl, tough. 
I used to criticize the way that I wore hijab and how serious I was. I used to criticize my mom for wearing her hijab style and she wears it and has always worn it where she ties it in its turban style. Really? I used to criticize her and be like, that's not hijab. Yeah. You know, like, we yeah. all are growing, bro. And I look back at that, I was like, you got, and now looking at it with the lens that I have, I'm like, you gotta let people live. I let people you know? live, right? And at the end of the day, when you stand among your maker, it's about you. It's not it's about, about you. They don't ask you about your Instagram post or what, what dawah you gave to your sister about her Dawa, hijab. You how critical you were on Twitter. Yeah. You know how many likes yeah. and follows you had. And I'm not saying the sister did this. I think she's a very critical person. Yeah. In a great way. Like she has a very critical lens. She's yeah. a thought leader. I, I see her to be that way. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I love her voice and I follow her for that very reason. Yeah, and but alhamdulillah I just thought that this may be a miss around like you know let's talk about African-American Muslim hijab styles uh, but let's not connect it with what Halima is saying and for her yeah. specifically yeah no I, I totally get you and I think something that I'm trying to also learn myself is that you know when I'm listening to someone speak or share their experience not interjecting with my own right mm -hmm. and it's something I it's, it's tough for me y'all I'm not even gonna stunt I just did it to you <laughs> I didn't even notice actually it's so much a part of, especially east african culture i think it's very much a part of like the communal what's mine is yours i'm yeah. we're gonna talk over each other we're mm -hmm. we're, we're loud for the most yeah. part yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know we're very strong mashallah and so i think i think even in her journey while i did see some of myself and hers I, I i'm really trying to give everybody space and even beyond this conversation you know to go through life and for them to understand what they need to do and and big ups to everybody who's doing like dawa dawa is is important and, and it's Hard job. so valuable and it's difficult to mm -hmm. do it well there's definitely yeah. an art and a skill to it and i appreciate anybody who's able to do it um, in a way that's authentic to them and that's really really sincere mm -hmm. um, and i think everybody just has to make their own decisions for me you know what really put me back onto hijab is i found myself slipping further and further so i could really relate to her yeah. it literally went from like i'm not gonna wear the hijab to or i'm not gonna wear it completely like this to turban and then from turban not wearing it at all and then from yeah. there it was the short sleeves and then from there i was trying to tank top yeah. and then i just got to a point where very similar to our sister i just didn't recognize myself anymore and i felt like if i kept going at this pace i would lose myself completely and i and i didn't want to do that but there's not a wrong or right reason to to wear hijab as long as it works for you right it's internally it's a personal you know I mean? it's so personal it's yeah. so personal and so for me it was it was the boundary that kept me connected to my faith right like there's a there's a lot of different um in in arabic we call them sillas which is like connection like a chain mm. and for me hijab is the thing that anchors me you know what i mean and so i just getting back to you know halima's story i really appreciate the fact that she shared it i appreciate the the conversation and a lot of non-muslims will also be able to kind of like see the community have a discussion in a very generally helpful you know accepting embracing way and i think that's always like a great thing yeah and i think another thing around this is that i love when we're being critical about these issues it means we're thinking as a community we're thinking and about think, it yeah. and i love that you know i love that and i think you know there's going to be differing opinions but again, we really do respect our sister for coming out and sharing her journey yeah. and sharing her story and i hope that people related to it and, yeah. and really went home and continued to have these conversations with yes. their family members to push the needle around you know conversations and connectivity around family i yeah. think we're all growing in, into this COVID area era of yeah. 
you don't, you're not, everyone's questioning why they do what they do, you know? And I think it's also around families and family yeah. structures and having the conversations of, it's not just like, you do what I say. It's just like, let's build understanding. Around understanding. This. And that's Definitely. a beautiful thing. Yeah. We'll leave it at that, right? Alhamdulillah, drop the mic. We are done. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. If you guys like this episode, please make sure you rate and review. Until yeah. next time, we'll see you later. Yeah. See y'all.